And I've been out of pocket the last few weeks, and I sure have missed my church family. And the neat thing about that is, whenever you visit with folks you haven't seen in a while, when they say they've missed you, hey, that lets you know that if you had fallen off a cliff or drowned somewhere, that hey, they, they care about your well-being. So thank you all for that blessing. Now, let's go ahead. Last time I, I was able to um, visit with you in regards to sharing in this Bible study together, we knew that Brother Toby was celebrating some awesome stuff called another state title, tennis-wise, if you will. Those of you who have been around him a little more frequently than I have have known that his voice hasn't been up to par. So he chose the biggest village idiot he could find that has a pair of pipes. And let me tell you where you're really in trouble today. I didn't get to teach today. You know why? Because these are the last two days of school at Vernon High School. And so all I had to do was give a final. So I didn't even get to use my pipes like I normally do. But I will tell you, the reason why you don't need to be afraid of that, I know how long I took last time to give this study, and I am going to go even longer. Just kidding, just kidding. I will go even shorter this time. That is a promise, okay? So we'll take care of you in that regard. One of the things that's also different from the last time that I was blessed to lead us in this study is we don't have a Wednesday night meal for the second Wednesday in a row because obviously last Wednesday we were taking care of the rodeo parade and things of that nature, activity-wise. So I don't have many announcements for you. If Brother Toby wanted those passed along, he knows how to communicate that to me. So let's go ahead and open up this evening with a word of prayer. Join me, please. Gracious God, once again, we gather in your name. That is a powerful name. It is the most powerful name. And Father, you have already gone before us this evening. You are here in our midst and we thank you for caring about us, caring about your people. So Lord, as we delve into your word once again, we never care if it's Old Testament, New Testament, anything in between, that Lord, you are going to let us know exactly what we need to know if our hearts and minds are in tune with you. We thank you for the Holy Trinity, for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray that we would abide in all three of those not just right now, but when we leave this place this evening. We do lift up Brother Toby and his voice. We pray for restoration, and we thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that we have gathered with tonight. Lord, help us to be receptive to all that you want us to know, and may we apply it to our lives. We thank you once again for being here with us. It's in Christ's holy name we pray, amen. So as we begin this lesson as you look at the grand scheme of things notes, we know that the subtitle is God's Wisdom, Watch Your Mouth. Woohoo! I don't know if we're going to have any toes stepped on this evening, but you know what? I will proverbially step on mine right there. There we go. I got that out of the way. I've stepped on mine for all of us, and uh, with as much as I weigh, I tell you what, I did some damage. So, so I've taken care of that for all of us there. Now... Our verses continue to be select verses within Proverbs, but let's go ahead and cover our key points on that right column there, right there in the margin. Perhaps nothing is as impactful for good or for harm as the words we speak. In his wisdom, God gives us direction in how to use our speech for his glory and our blessing. I tell you what, if we seriously take this and put it in the proper perspective, huh? remember that P word? We talk about that, I promise you, whether I'm in the classroom or whether I'm here in front of you in this capacity, we're going to talk about that P word perspective. The biggest thing that I take away from that in the margin is this following phrase, for his glory. Every time that we gather together, or every time that he blesses us with the very air we have in our lungs, we'd be wise to use that for his glory. Amen? So that's what we're here to do. Now, the other thing I want to do is go ahead and skip onto the back side of this sheet because anytime we're exposed to his holy word, that is a step in the right direction. So I want us to focus on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 on the back of this, known as page 2, if you will. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, 
so that it will give grace to those who hear. I don't know anybody in this room that couldn't use a little more grace. You agree? I know I need large doses of it, no matter who I'm with, what I'm doing, whatever the circumstances, we are thankful for God's grace that he provides. And man, I am a product of that. Because it's like I like to tell a whole lot of people on this planet, I'm worthless. I'm no good. I am scum of the earth, except for one thing that happened. And it's called that I claimed that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And that provenient grace completely washes us white as snow. What an amazing story each of us have when we get a chance to share such wonderful thing. Now, as we go back to page one, we know that we have Proverbs review waiting for us. But now, as I told you a few weeks ago, your pastor is absolutely awesome. Awesome in what? Awesome in the Lord. We know he's a great guy. But any of us who are going to walk around this earth claiming ourselves to be great guys or great gals, we have nothing to our name except, once again, in Christ Jesus our Lord, are we able to put those gifts and talents to use. So one of the things he is so gifted at is providing these awesome sermon notes just like he provided for me a few weeks ago. So here are the key verses, once again, that we already mentioned. The select verses from Proverbs. Be ready to hear some more specific scripture as we study along this evening. Our key points, perhaps nothing is as impactful for good or for harm as the words we speak. God in his wisdom gives us direction in how to use our speech for his glory and for our blessing. If you think that somebody conked me upside the head like a sophomore or junior in high school that I taught today, that's not true. It's just there are some things in this life that are worth, worth mentioning twice. Guess what we just mentioned twice? This part that it is in the margin of your study notes and these notes that I'm reading off of right now to guide us through. So you've heard that twice. We've driven those points home twice. So for those of you who have already decided to nap on a Wednesday afternoon, simply wake up, okay? We've got some important stuff to study tonight. So that has been mentioned twice. The one thing that I will not do that I did last time that we studied is I won't repeat the questions twice. I will simply just speak a little slower and a little more softly, and that should let you know, hey, that crazy man up there is taking our attention to a whole nother level on something here. Our Proverbs review go as such. God has given us his wisdom through his word. You know that I have to mention it because those of us who have decided to get a little bit more on Sunday evenings than what we're already blessed by on Sunday mornings, we've been studying Proverbs for quite some time now, okay? I've already made my lame jokes for him in terms of Lord knows, seriously, Lord knows when we will ever complete that, right? But it's such a blessing to be exposed to his wisdom. He wants us to have it. That is huge. You will hear that point be driven home again tonight. And more importantly, to use it. Did y'all catch that, folks? That's that whole thing where we go, hey, I know who God is. But do I let him guide my footsteps and my very life? So here this is again. He wants us to have his wisdom, but more importantly, to use it. Y'all, that's called application. That's like the whole practicality thing where we say, feed a man a fish, he will eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he will be able to eat for a lifetime because he can feed himself. Y'all, if we are disciplined enough to take his word to apply that, that's the practicality that we are aiming for here. We keep thinking God is truly wise, good, righteous, just, kind, loving, perfect, faithful, trustworthy, gracious. Quite a bit of a, a row of adjectives there, yes, no? It doesn't take an English teacher to realize that those are adjectives. But I want you to pause for just a second or two, and I want you to look at all of those adjectives, starting with the word wise and ending with gracious. How much would it mean for you to actually 
be all about one of those words so much that people would use such a word to define you. So take a second or two and look at the words wise through gracious and think about how awesome it would be for people to apply your name to one of those words. We did an activity this past month, and I do actually have at least one of my former students in this auditorium. I am not going to draw attention to her like I did with Susie Byers being my former teacher years ago. But I will tell you this, every Friday, I have an activity called the Competition Friday. Now, the reason why this is significant is I let us give, and by the way, I actually have more than one student in here, so I'll let that cat out of the back, okay? There, there, there's that many people actually in this auditorium right now. But here is the thing about these words. One of those Competition Fridays that we played, I let us give awards to each other in class. It's towards the end of the school year. You never know when you let somebody hear some goodness from your mouth about them, what it can do for their day, and who knows what it can do for their lifetime. I get to celebrate my 25 year or my 25th anniversary in regards to graduating from high school, right? So homecoming is going to mean a little bit more to us this coming year. But here are two awards that I was blessed to receive. And I don't share this to you or share this with you to draw attention to myself. I do it once again for the P word perspective. I was blessed to receive the award most likely to succeed. You know what I love about our pastor? Does he live by worldly success? No. Praise the Lord, no. He is in tune with our almighty God and his version of success is spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, if I go by worldly success, then I can get myself in trouble. But I'm thankful that my classmates held me in a certain regard. Guess what? I'd also be lying to you if I told you that I didn't have at least one of my classmates in this auditorium with us today. Man, I've come covering all my bases tonight. This is pretty awesome. Now, here's the other award that I was blessed to receive. Most dependable boy. Now, the reason why that means a lot to me, that tells me that if you're on the side of the road and you need help, I'm probably going to stop and help you because I've been raised the right way. My grandfather is known for doing that, and if I'm even in his shadow in the least, then I have better stop and lend a helping hand. Now, all those adjectives are wonderful, but as I sat there and I build this up, as I let you reflect and think about some of these adjectives that you would like to be tied to your name, and I tell you about the two awards that I got my senior year that then I can apply to my classroom and we can love on the students by letting them select certain awards for one another, it's all about to hit rock bottom. It's about to go kaput, and here's why. Once again, we are nothing but filthy rags when it comes to comparing ourselves to our God and King, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here is what happens after we say all of those adjectives. We finish with this. This is what he tells us that he is. He's told us. For those who want to debunk anything that God is, they don't stand a chance. For us believers, we have our Savior, we have our God, we have our King, and he tells us exactly who he is, and all of those attributes, all of those adjectives, all encompassing in the one almighty God. Now, we are silly at best is really what we are, and wildly rebellious at worst to not heed what he has said. So I want to go ahead and encourage you and challenge you to live boldly. You know why? If you believe in the one who saved you, he's told you who he is. You've won the battle because he goes before us. The awesome thing about when Toby asked me to do this tonight, you know why I didn't have to worry what was going to happen this evening? He goes before us. We've won the battle. So I encourage every one of you, whenever somebody challenges you to do something, say yes. Be a yes sir man or woman when it comes to God. He will provide. He will provide. Our words reflect our heart. 
People are good at posing. Whoa, posers, posing, fake. I promise you, I can be quoted as telling kids at Vernon High School over here, I can't stand fake people. I don't want them anywhere near me. But that's not a very Christ-like thing to say. You know why? Because if they are living in a fake fashion, it is my job to be walking in spirit and in truth and have a chance to interact with them. Who knows what that could turn into? But I guarantee you, if I were to interview every single one of you right now and ask what are your thoughts about posers or about fakeness or fake people, you know what you would say if we were to just live in the flesh? You can get me about two miles away from people like that, and then I can breathe again. I'll be okay with that. I consider you normal if that's your reaction. But what has our pastor taught us to do? To be abnormal, to be weird, to be strange. And you know what? Let's figure out as we peel some layers here how we can look a little more strange within the framework of this word posing. We have learned that perception, uh, I've told you about putting things in perspective, but here's another strong P word, perception. We have learned that perception actually shapes reality. In our culture, it doesn't matter if a person actually is something as long as they appear to be. Mm. Real talk? Have y'all had a good dose of real talk on the day? Man, that's kind of hurting our world right now. Been hurting it for a while probably. How do we cut through the clutter and deception to know what a person is truly like? I told you I wasn't going to repeat questions tonight. I was going to speak more slowly and a little softer. Did y'all hear me right there? Hopefully you soaked some of that question in. What are we really like? Y'all have heard that old adage of your character is who you are when nobody's watching? That's not necessarily scriptural, a scripture that I am going to quote for you there, but it's not a bad thing to think about from time to time. The reality is our words indicate the makeup of our heart. Meaning, if you want to know what a person is like, listen actually listen to what they say. Here's our first scripture out of the New Testament to go along with this study this evening. For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Got good news for y'all. Page one's done. You scared? The Lord doesn't give us a spirit of fear. You made to quote that scripture? Let's move on. Our words honor our, excuse me, our words honor or dishonor God. We like to think our words are simple, insignificant, things that float off into space, carrying little to no impact. One of the scariest things I've ever seen happen to one of my students is right after social media came out and all these apps that you can put on your phone, a lot of people think that when you snap something and it disappears that it's 100% completely gone. Hey, that individual that I hope to this day can overcome the bind that he put himself in, he had a lot of stuff tied to his name just because of making an ill-advised choice. Now, you know what a lot of people might say right now? Doug, you work with 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds all day long. That's not me right now. You know what? Wrong. We say stuff. When I mentioned earlier walking in, in spirit and in truth, if we don't hold ourselves to that standard, if we're not being obedient to the one who's called us to be obedient solely to him, words can get out of hand. So, they don't just disappear. As a 43-year-old male who's supposed to be the most responsible person in my classroom, I make mistakes. There are times that I need to get called out. Whether I'm called out by a parent or an administrator, you know what? I need to be wise about what comes out of my mouth. 
because things don't just disappear. Standing up here in front of you, I'm held to a higher standard. As a teacher of a Bible study, what is coming out of my mouth right now, it's not just some flingy thing. It's not flippant. We'll use that word here again in a little bit. So once again, let's keep it in the proper perspective. The truth is what we say. In fact, every word is either doing one of two things. Our words are either blessing and honoring God, or they are discrediting and dishonoring God. I have an awesome sister. She is an awesome woman of God. She is in charge of deaf education for all of the Abilene school district, right? They get as close to us as Monday, Texas. I wish she'd get closer because if she walks into my room, I'm tight-lipped, I'm done, and they're being blessed by Kim Patterson, my sister, right? And I'd also be lying to you if somebody in this room hasn't had a conversation with her recently. I won't name any names. But why am I mentioning her? Because guess what I hear her say to her daughter so often? Aaliyah, you're either speaking goodness and building people up or you're not. You're tearing down. She is big on words. Sign language, any kind of language. She has the utmost respect for what is being conveyed, as should be the case. Do our words side with the world or with God? Do our words point to our trust and faith in God or reveal our fear and anxiety motivated by the world? There is no way that right now you can't tie some of these concepts with what are you watching on TV? What if you're the one not actually saying the words, but because your grandchildren or your children or your cousins or your best friend or whoever it is is sitting right next to you, you're saying a lot by not saying anything at all. If you're okaying, what's on the tube? Except we really don't call it the tube anymore, right? We've got flat screen and all that kind of stuff going on. But that's a powerful thing to think about. What are you willing to say that you are against or not against? What about our jokes? I'll do it for us again. There's my toe, okay? I'll step on it, right? We want to excuse ourselves in so many matters, in so many cases, in so many circumstances. What about our idle talk? What about how we talk about others? I have on my phone right now a scripture that I want to tell you right now, clear as day, I keep to have myself be put in check, called this following scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of, light, of righteousness, and as for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, guess what? The reason why I gave you all of that is because we need to go through the process of everything that we need to do to fasten ourselves up ready for a day. But the last part about Philippians 2 that I'm in right now reads as such. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Every one of us wants to vent to somebody at one time or another. I'll admit that for all of us. It's hard not to vent it's hard not to complain. But when I had somebody share that scripture with me recently, I put it in my phone right there so that I can see it daily. Once again, hold ourselves to a standard. We should be certain our words reveal the one. I'm going to say this part again because this part's tricky. We should be certain our words, our words reveal the one or the one we follow. Tricky words. If we reveal the one with the capital O, we are in good standing. If we are following someone else, that could be the one we're following. 
It's okay to have mentors. It's okay to have people to look up to. But be very careful because when I grew up, I had a favorite basketball player named David Robinson, a very godly individual. Went to the Navy, was an all-NBA player. I had posters of him in my room. But you know one thing that I was guilty of saying throughout the years? I called him my idol. I don't say that anymore. As I've matured, as I've grown, as I have understood the power of that word, I don't say that anymore. So be careful about what you're saying. You might not even mean it intentionally, but we need to be sure that if we are following anybody else, that they are in tune with God the Father. Here is the scripture out of Psalm 19, chapter 19, verse 14, that becomes very significant in this part of it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Hey, I almost got chills right there because the last time that I went over a study with you, that was the very end of our study. And I told you that a lot of pastors will start off a sermon or start off a Bible study with that. Hey, must be important. This is the second time that we've read that scripture together in a setting like this. Here comes one of those questions that I'll read very slowly and speak a little more softly. Do you think there are any neutral words in this matter? Thinking about riding the fence? Not when it comes to God. Not the place you want to be. Our words bless or harm others. The words we speak also carry the potential to bless other people, building them up and encouraging them or to harm people, tearing them down and leading to division, bitterness, and discouragement. I want you to pause again for the second time this evening. Last time we paused, it was over all those adjectives that we hit in a row. I want you to think of somebody that you've come across on your day, this very day, where division was evident, bitterness was possibly present, and discouragement was right there in the midst of everything. I want you to pause right now for just a moment and think of the strong words division, bitterness, and discouragement. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the one experiencing those words. I'll let you pray for yourself right now. I'm not going to stop you from that. But think about you and maybe at least one other person. I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray for those that I know that have some of this in their system. Join me in that if you will. Amen. Can't get enough prayer, folks. Can't get enough prayer. Sometimes the harm can be malicious and intended. Other times it could be unintentional. I mentioned the unintentional side of things earlier when I spoke of people that I said might be an idol to me. Hey, unintentional things can happen, okay? But let's acknowledge that part of things as well. What are words that built you up and who spoke them? If I'm going to pause and have us pray about division, bitterness, and discouragement, I'm going to pause right here and ask you to give a prayer of thanksgiving for somebody who possibly built you up with their words this very day. Ready, go. Amen again, Father. Now, how many of y'all, you don't have to raise your hands, how many of y'all have ever been in a joys and concerns time, whether it's before Sunday school, whether it's before a Bible study, whether it's before a service, and it was time for joys and concerns, and everybody forgot to add the joys part of joys and concerns? Ever been a part of one of those instances? Y'all, those matters, we know that the Lord knows our hearts, but I want to once again challenge you and encourage you if all we're talking about is, Lord, please be with this person in this time of need. Father, I am struggling with this. It would be wise of us to also pause within those moments and go, 
Father, and listen, I'm going to sound like a Texan right now. I think we should all sound like a Texan. Father, thank you for the rain. Amen. <laughs> we have a lot to be thankful for. We know how dry it can get around here. We also know that old adage that it could always be worse. That's not a bad perspective to keep into your heart and mind as well, okay? There are people struggling, okay? But we always have something to be thankful for. What are words that impacted you negatively? So I asked you the words that built you up and who spoke those. What are the words that impacted you negatively? Those can be long-lasting. I wish that this was a perfect world and everything that was in your system that lasted long, that lasted for a while, was to the tune of positive things. Hopefully you've had enough of those to where it can propel you into good memories and those instances that we relish. But those negative things can sting for quite some time. Because of our words, actually, let's word this differently. Because our words bear such potential impact, be careful in your words. Proverbs 13.3 is a scriptural reference we can go to. We are instructed to guard our mouths. This means to watch over. We should be careful of every word, how it is spoken, and even when it is spoken. We should consider who may hear it. Last time I was with you, I sang a little bit of How Great Thou Art. We're not going to sing that song tonight. We're going to sit there and realize that if you want to come to the Lord as the children do, did our Savior said, let the little children come to me? If that's the case, then it would be good for us right now to remember the song, Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. You know why? That's childlike faith. How soon are we to forget it? We want to sit there and chew on a meaty substance of something faith-based-wise, spiritually speaking, when at the end of it, that base root of who we are can be found in a lot of the songs that hopefully you're singing with your children and grandchildren. Hold me to that standard. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to hold me to that standard. When I read the word of the Lord with my children tonight and we have our praise and worship time where I let them choose a praise and worship song and I play it off of my phone, here is my promise to everybody tonight. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. That's going to come out of my mouth tonight. You know why? Because if it's good enough for us to learn it as adults right now in this auditorium, uh-huh. We should consider how it might be interpreted or misinterpreted. Simply, words should be evaluated and spoken with purpose. What would y'all think of me as a teacher at Vernon High School teaching English 2 and English 3 to 185 kids a day if I never was planned in what I was teaching for the day? You're smart enough, folks, that if you walked into my classroom, I bet you would be able to sit there and go, I don't think that dude knows what he's doing today. I think he's just flying by the seat of his pants. Would I be very a good employee? Would you be proud of the fact that I was teaching our children? No. Just like I should be speaking with purpose as an English teacher, here's where it gets neat and where I love my job. I already told you this. The day I get fired for saying Jesus to those kids, I promise you I will look at you Sunday and smile big as day because I get to once again invite them to things like what we're doing right now and to let them know that Jesus loves them oh so much more than I ever could. You know what that's called? That's called 
actually living within my purpose as an educator, but more importantly, taking that time and conveniently, no, purposefully saying, God loves you, and he has a great plan for your lives. If you would just trust in him and let him take the reins, he'll guide you. And guess what? Think of all the ridiculous stuff you did when you were in high school. I'll raise my hand and I'll raise both and I'll step on both feet for all of us on that one. When we aren't walking in the spirit, do we get to answer to it? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Purpose. Perspective. Purpose. All these P words, they just happen to be so strong. I almost sound like a Baptist minister up here, right? With these two and three and four point sermons. Hey, it's kind of neat. I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience, right? Praise the Lord, I'm not Toby because y'all would be getting an injustice done to y'all. Have you ever said something flippantly? Ah, told you that word was coming back. Or without thinking and it became a big deal. Think about phrases that are said. I love you. How do you mean that? Those who are waiting to hear I love you before they are willing to drop a knee or willing to say yes as somebody drops a knee to them. Or that's just one. You know that I'm ready for us to get out of here earlier than the last time I stood in front of you, so I'm not going to give any more examples on that one. You know why assistant coaches exist? As an English teacher, should I have a pretty substantial vocabulary? I give my kids a vocabulary word for the day. I'm a former Spanish teacher, so I give them a word of the day in Espanol, in Spanish, and I give them a word of the day in English. My vocabulary should be the best in the room at any time when I'm teaching kids. That's not calling myself out as a show-off. That is the way it should be. But you know what the problem is? Sometimes I don't know when to turn it off. I'm also a former head boys basketball coach. I have two assistants that have known throughout the years that whenever I ask my students slash players what to do with 3.7 seconds left to go in a basketball game, up by two or down by two, for you sports fans, that is nip and tuck slash it's win it or lose it time, yes? I have watched them grab me. I felt them, as a matter of fact. Grab me and pull me out of the huddle after I've told my players what to do. And guess what they said next? Let us translate for you what he just said and what he meant. You know what? That could have been a big deal. But I am glad that I've had some really good assistance throughout the years. I don't know what your role is, spiritually speaking, in some things that you are blessed to be a part of in your life right now. But make sure we're humble enough to be able to eat a piece of that humble pie and understand that sometimes people can say it better. I'm not any better than any of you up here that could do this just like I am right now. I'm just simply the one who said yes today. That's it. Some of you, you could drive so many of these points home so much better than I can. Plain and simply. I understand that. I know that. But there's a time and a place for everything. So when we need to exercise just how humble we need to be in certain moments, that could pay huge dividends. Be limited in your words. As we see the potential damage of wrongly spoken or wrongly heard words, we can see God's wisdom in speaking fewer words. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 17, verses 27 through 28. Those are key scriptures that we can hang our hat on in a study like this. Hey, I will repeat those again because I know what it's like to be sitting out there and going. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 17, verses 27 through 28. There's just some extra food for thought that'll nourish your soul. Many times, the best thing is to say nothing. 
Once again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but those of you who have sat next to somebody who's grieving, you ever had somebody tell you, you're not probably going to have the words in a moment like this. They're experiencing loss and it hurts and it's so deep of a pain and they're stricken with this burden and this feeling that you're probably not going to be able to help them flip the switch and get past this in that moment in time. So for those of you who have ever just sat next to somebody and cried with them, put the arm around them, that's what one thing we can look at when we say the best thing is to say nothing. Just weep when they weep. Laugh when they laugh. We need to make sure it's appropriate, though. Remember those jokes we talked about earlier? Okay, it has to be appropriate. That didn't start with the letter P, but it has two P's in it, right? Appropriate. This is not to say that conversation is bad and discussions should be avoided, but that words that add no value or cause undue problems are best left unsaid. Once again, no value or cause undue problems are best left unsaid. Don't contribute to the problem. We don't want to be guilty of that. You don't want that tied to your name. We know what that feels like. Be honest in your speech. This is a lesson we should teach often to every age group. It is a point that should be made as soon as we are able to speak words. Only speak what is true. I said this not long ago. I told you the reason why you love Toby is the right reason in loving Toby. He preaches out of this, and he's not scared to do it. He knows who he answers to at the end of his life. You don't have to be pastors of Calvary Baptist Church to have that be true to say amongst of ourselves as well, okay? Only speak what is true. Do not make up a lie, craft a lie, or even repeat a lie. If I had three toes worth of feed and all that, okay, I'd stop away right there on that. If you are not certain of some things, credibility, do not say it. I repeat, if you are not certain of some things, credibility, do not say it. That makes you think of gossip, makes you think of things of that nature. God is a God of truth, and he hates all forms of non-truth. He calls his people of all people, to be consistent speakers of truth. Here come some repeats. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 25. Once again, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 25. Consider this. If a person is known for continually or even occasionally speaking non-truth, what happens to his or her credibility? Now, what if they speak the truth in an important time? What happens to the message of truth? I guarantee you there are plenty of people that would be able to cling to that and it wouldn't mistreat them, it wouldn't betray them, it wouldn't be falsified information. Now consider this with gospel implications. What if a person is known to lie, gossip, or fib? What if this person tries to tell you of salvation through a resurrected Savior? You know, it's huge. If we know that a hypocrite says one thing and does another, then with that last sentence that just came out of my mouth, that's where the implication lies. Because if we are trying to truly draw people to a salvation in Jesus Christ, the last thing we would ever want to be known as are those that would pull them away from such truth. Home stretch. Y'all are awesome. And I didn't lie to you. Speaking of lies, I know where we are. And even if I beat it by a second, it counts. You ready? But I'll beat it by more than that. Be a peace builder in your speech. We all know that this world is lacking peace. 
So when I say the word, world, excuse me, the word peace builder, we know what the root word of that is. Something that many long for. We know words can inspire hatred, division, and violence. We see many examples where words have ruined friendships, families, and churches. You know, once again, until we're taken home to see the Lord face to face, we don't need to fool ourselves. Hurt can happen in the church. My dad has been pastoring for 42 years. And I remember the times when the church wasn't what the Lord, what my dad, what any of us would want it to be. People make up the church, but we need to be driven by the Almighty God so that we don't hurt the church, that we don't hurt our families, that we don't hurt friendships. As God's people, we should be peacemakers, people who use their words to bring peace and unity to volatile situations. Volatile is a strong word. If I wasn't given a final tomorrow on the last day of school, my vocabulary word for the day might be volatile. It's a strong word. Think of people you've been around that have been volatile individuals, just can go off at any moment. Is that something that we want to be around? That's not something we want brewing within these walls. I know that. We should be thoughtful and deliberate in the effort. Just had a God thing. A week ago, guess what my vocabulary word for the day was? Deliberate as an adjective, or we can deliberate as a verb, okay? But deliberate is often going to mean on purpose. Y'all, everything that we are trying to do within our faith, it's not just going to happen. It's part of being disciplined. If you want to be deliberate about something, be deliberate about reading this to start off your day. It won't fail you. He can't betray himself. He won't fail you. He's faithful in growing you through that. Here are our last two quoted scriptures of the night. You can look into Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, and you can look into Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Here comes the final repeat of the evening. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. The greatest way our words can bring peace is to speak of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we tell the good news of our faith, peace with God ensues. As people walk and grow in peace with God, they become peaceful in their disposition to others. In short, the best use of our speech is to lead people to Jesus. I want you to understand that you're not always going to be able to pray the prayer of salvation with somebody. If you want a highlight of your day or of your life, you will remember those of you who have done that, those that you've done that with. But you never know how the Lord is going to use you. There is a substitute teacher across the way here. And the highlight of my week went like this so far. She said, Doug, I know you're a prayer warrior. I've got a doctor's appointment coming up, and I want your prayers. Some of you are related to this awesome person in this room, by the way. See how many connections, as I've told you, as this has gone on in this study. We are tied together pretty tightly in a community like this. And she wanted prayer. Now, guess what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, et cetera, et cetera, did in the New Testament when Jesus calls them out? They want to stand in the streets and they want to pray this almighty, awesome prayer and have people hear their strong vocabulary and, oh, look at me and what I'm doing. No, that's not what I was trying to do in that moment earlier this week. What I was blessed to be able to do was hold my door open, put my arms around this awesome substitute teacher, and simply pray for the Lord to be present and to go before her in this appointment. 
Remember how I told you about prayers of thanksgiving? I'm going to pray one right now. Let's close together. Father God, we grow so tired and weary of the negativity. We know that there are so many that don't use their words and their mouth for good. But Lord, I am humbled that I can give you a prayer of thanksgiving right now. Because that same substitute teacher that asked for prayer, it didn't take long after that for that person to post thanking prayer warriors for lifting her up because she got a good report. So Lord, right now, all I want my words to do are be positive words. We're not going to sit here and talk about he said this and she said that. We're not going to talk about growing weary because of dispositions that are downtrodden because people just spit lies and, and all of these things that are not truths. Lord, you are the one that control our mouths. The tongue is a powerful thing. And we want you to bridle ours. We want you to be in control of ours. And so, Lord, for the rest of this evening and for the rest of our lives, we're going to have to make a conscious effort and a conscious decision for you to lord over those things. So when we need to be quiet, help us to be quiet. When we need to be louder, help us to be louder. Father, we thank you for Toby and his voice and for how he is one that speaks truth directly out of the word of God. We thank you for the notes that he has left us. We ask for you to restore his voice. We ask for you to give him strength. Lord, we ask it right now. We don't just want it to happen all of a sudden on Sunday. He wants your peace because that is the peace that passes all understanding. He wants to be driven by your great unconditional love. So Lord, work in his body, give his voice back to him, strengthen him. We know we will benefit from that because of the truth that will come from his lips. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. We do thank you once again for rain. I thank you for our church family. And as we walk out tonight, help us to smile at one another, spit goodness to one another, speak truth because you are a merciful, faithful God who enables us to do so. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.